Welcome to the Inscape Podcast, where we explore the inner world and discover our unique power to create. My name is Tanya Nelson, and this is part two of episode three, Stories. We are in for a treat today, and I am deeply and intimately connected to our guest, Taya Nelson. She is an author, a director, and completely a master of stories. She is my oldest daughter and my mentor in life and partner in so many ways. I think about the journey that it took to get here and to really get connected to the message and the story that I want to share with myself and the world and the inscape would not have been possible without her in on any level and so sharing with you my mentor and my reflection and my mirror is something that I am so excited to do Tayan is like I mentioned a master of stories and her insight on what it means to experience this life through story form is an insight and a reflection that is going to be highly valuable for all of us. So I'm so excited. When I think about her journey, I think about all of the experiences and the times and the connections that we had with books. Tan has always had this immense amount of love and connection to stories. When Tan was born, I had already decided that I was going to be the perfect mother and the perfect wife. And in order to see my value, I knew that I had an idea of what perfection looked like. And Tain was the perfect daughter to play right into my story. When I say that, it's it makes me laugh just a little bit because I always have this narrative that goes on. And it's, re- it's really what I told myself, that I was such a good mother because she, it didn't matter what you told her to do or what you reflected, she has always been brilliant. And she has advanced and been well beyond her years from the beginning of her experience. And so she made it so I was able to perfectly in my ego and in my own story, identify myself with being a perfect mother as well. And I have to laugh to myself about it because it wasn't until my second daughter came along that I realized that it really wasn't about me at all. And she rocked my boat in, in other ways. And it was like, okay, this this is about Tay and it really wasn't about me. And uh, they all come with their very unique journeys and experiences and ideas of what this life is going to be like. So Tayan was for lack of a better word, a perfect child. And she absolutely loved stories. She loved the connection of books. And she observed life in a way that even I didn't realize she was doing. She was really watching the people around her and watching what this life was about and what it meant. And I'm gonna let her tell you more about that journey, but it has been so incredible to look into her insight and her experience with life and be able to connect with what she has observed and what she's experienced. And 
it'll be of great value. I'm so excited. So through her journey, Tayan's the oldest of my six kids. And to say that she has paved roads would be an understatement. Uh, except for that is exactly what she's done. She has paved roads for every one of us and every one of my kids. And throughout her journey, she has done so much in a way that most could say she was alone in in everything that she did. And when I say she was alone, what I meant is, is she really learned how to pave these roads by herself. She really learned how to do things that were not shown to her. And I'm excited to dive into her world and share with you what that means and what it meant for the story she had to break through and the generational patterns that she got to see and look at and what that means for us as well. So I'm going to let Tayan talk a little bit about what it means for her when she looks at her journey and the stories that she that were projected onto her, the expectations that were projected onto her, a little bit about her journey of how she became the master storyteller that she is. So Tayan, take it away. Well, thank you, Mom. And I mean, that's a good segue into that as far as stories and projections go. I think that if I thought back, the oldest, most persistent story that was projected on me was that I was going to become a doctor. And doctor started to have very little to do with the actual profession and more to do with the fact that it meant I was smart. And being smart and being... And having that be so much a part of my identity was pretty directly tied to the way that I perceived my own worth and value. And so doctor meant that I was valuable and that I was worthy and that I was living up to everything that everyone had, all the projections and stories that everyone had um, set to me and gave to me. And being someone that was so invested in stories from such a young age, as long as I can remember... Um, stories made sense to me and so when people talked about told me this you know story about how my life would go how eventually you know this is the finish line that I would cross that made sense to me and so that was easy to internalize and assume as a part of my own identity. Tan, I love what you say there and I think it's a very important topic and point to make as we're talking about stories and how the story of becoming a doctor and the story of what it meant for you to become valuable or become worth something in this world was projected onto you because of the lack that was felt inside of us as your parents and being able to not know what to do with your your brilliance and your IQ and the fact that you picked up on things. And so that story was projected onto you because of someone else's lack. What what was it like to, to go through that? And how did you get into your Inkscape? And how did you tap into what you are passionate about today? Tell us a little bit about that journey. It really comes down to differentiating between that kind of burning truth inside versus the story, the programmed story that I'd been told my whole life. And I think that I've always been, I would like to think, somewhat of a naturally 
curious person. And I don't do all that well with being, getting bored and getting stuck in sort of the same pattern of thinking. And I've always been one to sort of challenge my own way of going about things, if for nothing else than to keep things interesting. And so I think there came a point where that story started to sound a little bit like a broken record. And there were things that were starting to intrigue me and come up that I was curious about. I had just started college and there were all these different ideas and possibilities and subjects to study that I was interested in and that I was following. And so it came through sort of this natural progression of down a path of following my own curiosities and things I was interested in. And the longer time went on, the further away it took me from the story that I'd been told my whole life. And that's when I realized that there really was something um, underneath all of it and that that was still the same love and passion that I have for stories and whether that was in I found that in history or philosophy or English it didn't really matter it was always there and I was always chasing that spark and so when that started to become apparent and I was less and less engaged with you know anatomy class and more and more engaged with English it became really obvious that there was something that I needed to investigate there. What happened specifically when you had to make that choice because the outside world that projection really never went away and I think there's a lot of evidence that would say that was a really safe path to go down and something you could have gone down and what specifically did you have to wrestle with to make a choice to go from being this prestigious, you know, valuable doctor. And it really wasn't just any doctor, right? Because we always projected that you were going to be a, you know, brain surgeon yeah. or, or the best of the best doctor, right? So, so what was that specific wrestle like to make a choice like that? I would say that it really came down to, because I mean, it was simultaneously the hardest and easiest decision I've ever had to make because... Like I said, it was getting really obvious what I was drawn to and I was seeing the all of my peers and classmates that were going into, you know, medical school and um, the sort of drive and passion and love that they had surrounding that. Um, and every day that I went in and saw that, the only thing that I could think about and the only thing that I really could recognize was that I did feel that way, but just not about medicine, not about becoming a doctor, not about science or math or any of that. I felt that way about stories. And um, it was good to see that and to experience that kind of culture because medicine is such a competitive and intense field of study and everyone that was in there, and it was always a point that was hammered home that this was something you had to be 100% um, in love with and engaged with. And the passion for that was always really highlighted. And Every time they talked about that, every time I heard that, the only thing I could think about was stories, 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 writing, writing, writing. Like, that's all that I heard. That's all that the only thing that I could feel that amount of energy around was that. And it was, it's been such a persistent theme of mine, and I have such a love for it that I think I always knew that I would never be able to fully ignore that. And so the choice to lean into it over everything else it was always something I knew I was going to do eventually. So when we talk about you making that choice between your inner and outer world, I love as you're talking, I can sense that that is everything that was going on 
and in your inner world and trusting what you could feel inside and hearing the the nudge and the thoughts that were going on inside. But explain to us about what happens, the fears and the things that, that you think about that's happening on the outside world, the expectations that were that were placed on you, the, the possible rejection and some of the things that you have to move through in order to honor and really find and explore what that flame inside of you is really saying. All of that was still there, obviously. The fear around what it would mean to lean away from this safety net was what it felt like because I always knew that that was something that I was going to do, that I should be doing, that everyone would be happy if I did do, that I would get validation from, and that that was always going to be a reliable source for that, and that conversation was always going to be there. Um, And so there was a lot of fear around if I didn't do it, if I didn't go into medical school, what would that mean about me? Does that mean now that I'm not as smart as everyone said that I was? Does that mean that I'm not as, you know, dedicated as I could have been? Does that mean that I'm not as engaged or as important or as valuable? All of those fears were still there, but there was no denying what I felt around writing and stories and there was no pulling away from that. It was something that I eventually had to come to terms with was that that was always going to be in the back of my mind of something I wished I would have done and the what if I would have given that everything would that have changed something and would I have rather taken that road I would have always done that and then I I realized that even if I gave it my everything going down the story route and not medicine that I would never wonder the same way what it would have been like had I gone to medical school just the same energy wasn't there. So despite the outside stories and pressure and judgments and all of that, I think I've, I don't know, somewhere along the way I must have gotten somewhat good at staying within my inscape and inner world because that was still louder for me. So it's a good point that you mention that you were naturally curious and that moving and into your inscape and being able to honor what was coming up for you and being able to have a safe place to really explore that. I know that in coaching and in my line of work and in stories throughout time, being able to trust that and give yourself permission to do that isn't always the case. I know a lot of people who have lived their entire life with that exact regret, that exact I wish I could find what I'm passionate about. I wish I could, uh, or or these are the regrets that I do have. What do you think the difference in your world has been in being able to make that decision at such a young age? Tan didn't mention, but she graduated high school when she was 14? 14. When she was 14. And she did all of that on her own when it was really unpopular and really uncommon as well. And so what exactly do you think makes your world any different from so many people out there that A, cannot find their passion and what that is, or don't know what that is, isn't conscious of it, and B, being able to do that at such a young age and being able to make a choice like that? Well, for one, you would be the difference because growing up, we were always really encouraged to pursue what we were passionate about and what we did love and 
um, being homeschooled through, you know, elementary school and part of junior high where all of my friends, you know, were at school and focused on, you know, all the subjects that they didn't want to do and all the things and the assignments and all of that was never really a part of our world. We were always very focused on what we were engaged in and what we were drawn to. And for me, that was always um, stories in one form or another, whether it was reading them or writing them or learning about them. And I think being young and out really not in control of your own life, you don't really get to control how much of the world you see, how much of possibilities you're exposed to. But for me, being so drawn to stories, that was sort of like a doorway to all of that. And so I read everything I could get my hands on. And so in turn, the world was really big. And there were a lot of possibilities and a lot of ideas. And I read about characters that um, went on journeys that were similar to mine. And, you know, the theme and the message behind every good story is hopefully something along the lines of following your heart. And so that was something that I think was very ingrained in my idea of the way that things should go and the way I wanted things to go. And so the possibility to do that was something that I had seen in story form so many times over. And I think being able to have a bigger perspective from a young age because of stories that I was exposed to made it easy for me to see sort of the different pathways that were in front of me. And then it was, I was just able to pick the way that I wanted my life to look with that awareness. Tan, I love what you say there. And I think it's a really good point to make in all of our lives that all of the stories that you read and that you were drawn to and that you ex- that you exposed yourself to gave so many possibilities in your world. It opened so many doors to possibilities because if we are being programmed and just listening to the projection of other people's stories and other people's lives, it keeps us in such a limited view. And so tell us a little bit about what you, what your real passion is and what genre you love to write and why. Because I know that fiction and teen fiction especially is something that has really called to you. And just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, genre wise, I tend to be drawn to a lot of different elements of that. But um age group wise I've always wanted to write for young adults and teens in that sort of genre I think because that's where so much of my love of reading was sewn in but even more than that because I read you know younger than that as well but what's always really drawn me to writing was the reading that I did during my teen years because it was so formative because it was so important Um, and there's something so inherently fascinating about young adult fiction in particular because as a genre it really is the only genre where um inherently the built-in theme to young adult fiction is the question of who am I and this idea of questioning and discovering identity has always been a theme that really called to me and when I was doing going through that process myself it was stories and books that really led me through it and so when I go to write anything that is sort of those formative years of my love of um, that exploration that draws me to new story ideas and they all any of my ideas always seem to have those themes sort of baked into the center of them I think because of how important they were to me at that time and how much fun I have going back and discovering more about the origin of those ideas and thoughts and beliefs for that sort of age group. 
And limiting it to that age group is an interesting mindset in itself because aren't we all still asking who am I on so many levels? And I love the reflection of really looking at asking that question over and over again so that one, we don't get stuck in a box of our identity and two, the reflection and the very valuable point of exploring the possibilities of who we can become. Tell me your thoughts a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's definitely true. There's plenty of adult fiction that explores exactly those questions as well. And as they should, um, there's something about, for me, writing for sort of the age group that I fell in love with those kind of stories because they're already susceptible, more susceptible to those themes. And so that's already at the forefront of their minds and consciousness. So it makes it easy to sort of play those out in a narrative. But as far as the importance of questioning that at every age range and at every point, um, I think that's where you get the opportunity to explore some really interesting themes. It's so important for all of us to really look at the time frame and the period in our journey where we are so open to exploring who we are. We're open to the idea of being able to really look at that question because I think that as we move along through our lives, we start to form this identity. We start to form this 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 version of ourselves. And at this point in my life and my journey, I realize that that identity that helped me to feel safe in this life was something that in order to move into a different version of myself, in order to expand, in order to grow, it was so important for me to go back to that same feeling and be able to explore all the possibilities that I may not have even given myself permission at that time. But time's an interesting thing, right? It's not about the fact that I was a teenager then and I'm not now. It's about really going back to that feeling and that that openness and being able to let go and to get to that space of, of exploring all the possibilities of what stories we get to live in this life, what what journey we get to go on. And so many times people feel stuck in a certain story. Can you tell us a little bit about with your characters and with, with the things that you have really observed and within your own life, what it looks like to reinvent yourself in a new story and how difficult is that? And or to just even as you're writing, what does it mean to tell someone else's story? What what is it? What is the actual story that we tell ourselves uh, mean? And is it possible to reinvent those stories? And what what does that journey end up looking like? What have you noticed in that? I think that that's something that I started to get really interested in in the last few years of me studying kind of formally um, storytelling and story structure because. There was such a there's such a pattern to stories, and this is sort of a um, often polarizing topic of conversation with um, new writers, especially because we don't want to think that we're writing formu like stories from a formula, and we don't want them to feel cookie cutter, and we want to be original and unique and all of that. But really, the more you study and the more you read and the more you expose yourself to those to all kinds of stories, you realize that there really is a pretty undeniable 
pattern running through all of them, and that has to do with um, the sequence of events that plays out in the story, so the plot, or but also the actual character development um, and character arcs, which all comes down to decisions. And that's kind of something that I have seen mirrored in real life probably most starkly is that to reinvent yourself, to embark on another character arc, it really comes down to um, the choices and the decisions that we make. And when I'm writing um, fiction and crafting characters from nothing and that entire process um, always comes down to the most interesting decisions and choices that those characters will make based off um, fears and misbeliefs that you bake in early on in the development of them. Uh, so in real life that happens, I've noticed that be the same way. We always have the opportunity to choose into new experiences and new possibilities or fall back on old beliefs and fears. And so that sort of tipping point is always what I like to write about and what I think all writers strive to capture and what we experience so often in our everyday lives. It's such a good point that you make there that the choices that we make along the journey and the experiences that we have are all tied back to these choices. And I know that in coaching and in mentoring with people to really change a story and a belief about our life and about ourselves is really difficult. And it is also the only way that anything changes. So how often do we get to experience characters in our lives and the choices in our own life to be able to see what it means to be the hero of our story, to see what it means to be able to make powerful choices and to really receive what that looks like is is something to explore. It's something to, to really look at. And all the characters that we're drawn to outside of ourselves is always going to be uh, what, you're, what you're talking about in, in story structure and character arcs. It's these characters that make powerful choices. And how often or do you see many examples of that in people's lives? I know for me and my business that it takes a it takes years for people to really work through the different stories they have if they even change them at all. The thing about that sort of tipping point um, when you're writing fiction is that you start with this story, you're kind of the omniscient presence within um, the story itself. So you kind of are crafting, you're working your way towards those revelations from the very beginning. Um, and once you finally get to that point, you as a writer, it's your job to really place the most amount of pressure and create the perfect, you know, refiner's fire to make it so that your characters do naturally um, make those powerful decisions and that it works itself into the story organically. and. In life, some we get those opportunities as well, but we don't realize how often, I think we don't, I think that we don't realize how often they come about. And I think more often than not, we find ourselves leaning back on um, our fears and our misbeliefs because the choices to move beyond those is scary. And that's kind of why we like reading stories about characters who make powerful choices because it tells us that that's possible. And stories are such snapshots of someone's life. They're not 
all-encompassing and so we make more of those choices sometimes than um, we give ourselves credit for. I love the point of talking about how when you're building a character or when you're looking at stories there's the pressure that builds or there's the refiner's fire there's there's these this this point in the story where that choice gets made I love I love how you're saying that we don't really get the opportunity in books and in movies and in storytelling to really look at the day-to-day life of how many choices we get to make to get to that place how we got there and how many choices lead us to that place of of really feeling that pressure to make something i know that in my line of work and being able to experience and go along the journey with many people it is not usually until there is a ton of contrast that goes on in someone's life and until they make some of those powerful choices. So the question I would pose would be, do we have to wait until our life gets hard or until there's a lot of contrast or there's a lot of pressure to make one of those big choices? Or can we recognize the the choices that we have to make sooner and what would that actually look like in your life is as you look at some of the big choices that you've had to make do you feel that 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 you were able to make some of those choices sooner before things got so pressurized or or how does that work knowing what you know about your story and the inscape and what it means to feel what what you've been exposed to, to to be able to be able to honor your landscape and to be able to feel those that burning come quicker. Do you feel like you make choices quicker in your life or do you wait till things are pressurized? I think that the thing that I've noticed the most about this topic is how well designed life is to continually put us in those situations because as much as I do know about those points in stories and as often as I recognize them in my own life, I often find that whether I like it or not, I am pushed into sort of those refiner's fire situations and that's sort of just the pattern of it. But that being said, the awareness of it allows me to make them more often, I would say. I wouldn't say they that it helps me make them sooner, but I would say more often. So meaning that you're conscious of them maybe more than some maybe but we're all making choices in life (laughs) and the life is designed for us to do it that way so but maybe it's easier in the sense that um I can tell myself that you know the third act of the story is on the other other side of this choice and sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not but um there's a perspective that allows makes it a little bit easier to lean into that possibly but I feel like I just recognize their presence more often um, when they do come rather than thinking that they're circ- that it's a circumstantial thing or that I've been pushed into it by someone else. There's a, there's a level of accountability that comes with the awareness. Yeah, I totally agree. I know that in coaching, everybody, I've been able to witness and be a part of everyone has a story. We have a story about everything in our world. And when I say that, we have a story about our relationships and we have a story about our money and our finances and what 
what it means to be successful. We have a story around our bodies. We have a story around our addictions, around our self and our identity. We have a story around everything. And I, in coaching, I actually have a boundary in my world that if we want our story, if we want our current story that we're living, then the boundary that I have set is, why would I be coaching or mentoring with somebody who wants their story so badly? So it's important to realize that we have to be open, just like you were saying, to exploring the possibilities of what these choices will make and, and really riding the, the roller coaster, you know, up, down, sideways, all around and being able to look at all the different choices and all the different paths and and being able to explore our stories and be open to exploring our stories and the resistance that so many people have in in keeping their story keeping their pain and their their victim story and the different the different things that have kept them safe in their life has really been a boundary for me to an an indicator really that that there's no point in exploring anything different. There's no point in really changing our story if we really like the way that our story is going. And so it's powerful to know that 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 is possible for us in our own lives. It's possible for us to really like our story, that it serves us, that it keeps us comfortable, that it's something that we're familiar with. And in order to really experience change or a different uh, experience in our lives, if we're bored in any way, or if we're, or if we're feeling discomfort, or we're not really wanting to explore what it is that we're going through any longer, if we're feeling that resistance, then it's going to take us opening up to our stories and allowing for them to change and shift and move and to look at all the different pathways to really do that. And that's been an interesting part for me is to really realize within myself and within my business, how difficult it is to change my story. And the other thing that I realized is that it is usually a common, deep-seated, more simple version of my story that is affecting every area of my life. So I want to ask you, in your world and in storytelling, so so in storytelling and personally, what is your experience with getting to the simplest idea of your story and how does it affect everything when you realize that I'm probably telling myself a story on the most simple level and how does that affect every single area of my life, every relationship that I have with everything? I mean, it's that concept in general that made me start, that really was the turning point in making me want to write in the first place because this idea of the origin of story really fascinated me um, while it was something that I was studying and that was really something that I started to notice really often in both the stories that I was writing and the ones that I was telling myself in my everyday life. and. I think it was really the first time that I started to realize the actual power that stories hold, especially when they have been boiled down to um, a core idea or the most simplified version of that idea. There's something that 
of, really of a story. The, the simpler it is, the more long-standing. I mean, if you think about, you know, any of the fairy tales or um, common stories that we hear over and over again, it's often because they are so boiled down to the, this um, one theme that really is um, persistent in the entire story. And I think it is like that in real life. We all have these, like, little stories that we tell ourselves that go on to shape everything that we do as we continue to flesh out and write the entirety of the narrative and that's sort of what happens in fiction is I will try and find sort of that origin of whatever it is that I'm talking about and that ends up being a really intensive digging process a lot of the times but once you get to that point it's about writing yourself back up to the surface and sort of following the patterns of how you got down and all the way to the um core of the idea and how you got all the way back up to the surface and the connections that you find along the way and it's kind of a weaving process of stitching all of that together until you have a cohesive story that we can then you know print itself because it's all of those intricacies and the and the journey to get to and from those origin of ideas that makes stories so interesting to us and that it's what makes them so powerful. So for you personally, based off of the expectations and the perfection that was really projected onto you, what do you feel like at its simplest form your story has been created from? What is it that has been a constant theme in your own story? In my story, I think the most long-standing theme was this idea of perfection and this definition of enough. Um, that I was always trying to achieve and um, it was never something that was like explicitly defined it was always just this idea of um, that I had the potential to someday reach this point of enough this point of perfection and so my whole life sort of boiled down to this constant striving for that but every time I checked off a milestone or somebody else's version of what (laughs) was expected yeah exactly um, I, it never seemed to get any closer. I was always chasing sort of the horizon sort of situation where everything, every point that I crossed was it never got me much closer to this idea of perfection. And it wasn't until I actually stopped to question what that looked like, what, I, what it was that I was trying to achieve, that I realized it was completely intangible and that there was nothing that I really was searching for beyond this intangible idea of perfection and in questioning that story I was able to release a little bit of the expectations on it at least enough to put me on a different path of stories over medicine and all of that so that I was able to actually follow what I was passionate about and obviously that's an ongoing struggle but there is still always that return to the story of um is this enough and that question and am I enough eventually and um that's always something that I have to continue to question because it is that simplest form of of my story and I think that that's that's a pretty common one not being enough well I think it's universal so I I think it's a really good point to look at because universally I think we all have a question going on of who are we and are we worthy and are we enough? And that plays such a big role in our stories and what we tell ourselves. Because if we do allow ourselves to try and chase 
what the idea of perfection is, what this what this road or this journey looks like outside of ourselves of being enough, checking off those boxes each time we we have accomplished something or we have done something or in the doing, that search never stops because ultimately what we're looking for is inside. What we're looking for is that feeling inside of ourselves to receive, like you said, to return to the essence of who we are, to return back to that state of worthiness inside of ourselves and really to connect with each other in a way that only comes from the inscape, right? Because if we're if we're chasing that outside of ourselves, we always have to measure ourselves against usually somebody else's idea or what the story looks like outside of ourselves. And so we're constantly measuring and comparing ourselves. Tell tell us a little bit about what it was like to be a leader and to to pave the roads that you paved when there wasn't a whole lot of reflection for measuring yourself and what that looked like for you. I guess there was sort of this lack of outside reflections for what I wanted to do because at the time there wasn't it wasn't necessarily the popular route to take education wise and that was kind of where it really started was um what I did with my academic career um but I guess just always since always from early on I've never really liked everyone else's stories as much as I liked the ones I was able to tell myself so that involved like I said I feel like I always have been naturally really curious and that involved asking a lot of questions and um if you do that enough, you find that people don't have all the answers and the adults around me didn't necessarily have all the answers, but that really only just made for more interesting points for whatever stories I was telling myself and um, whether that was the ones I was actually writing or the ones that I was just personally telling myself. And so the journey of my life really often looked like asking questions to the point where no one around me had any more answers and then it was taking to um, books and research and getting from as many different reflections and that I could and that I could reach for and um, internalizing as much as resonated with me and then being able to go in and uh, inside myself and tie some of those threads together and really figure out what about those things was interesting to me personally and making um, I've always been really good at memorizing things and but and you know internalizing facts and things like that but it came down to learning how to isolate what was really meaningful to me and what really held the potential to be a story and be something really interesting that I could make my own and so that process of creating something from nothing has always felt like home and felt very familiar to me but then in turn nothing's ever come entirely from nothing there was plenty of outside influences that I was able to pull from um, and so much of that process of making all of that personal to me and then uh, writing it all out in a narrative that might technically be fictional but is actually really a projection of so many pieces of myself and whatever topic it is that I'm writing about that I'm interested in at the time and that process has always felt so much like home to me that it it stopped being scary after a while. I think it's really important for us to look at 
and be aware of everyone else's story outside of us and how often we search for this safety and this meaning in our own lives and the answer to what it is we're wanting, you know, those questions that we ask ourselves and the possibilities that we start to explore. So many times, I know that in my own life, I would look for those answers outside of myself. I think I was really programmed that the answer was going to be outside myself. I was programmed that there is the holy book that I can always look in, that there is somebody that I can go to for the answer, and that they are going to know the answer before I will know it. That there is a respect and that there is a honor to everyone else's story above my own. And it's so amazing to even hear you talk about how there you didn't even like everyone's story around you. I think even giving yourself permission to be able to say that everyone else's story isn't my own is a really big one. And that in itself is a huge foundation to be able to learn to go inside and start to trust ourselves and being able to look at those outside reflections, but then being able to go inside and really say, if I am the creator of my world, if I am the author of my story, what is my story going to be? And how often do we look outside of ourselves and not even really feel drawn to other people's stories? Or we think we're drawn to it until you really look at the experience of it. And I just think it's really valuable for us to explore what it means to be able to go inside and trust ourselves and our own story and our own choices and really be the creator of our own world. What are your thoughts on you creating your own world and and the fact that we are all the author of our story? And have you ever felt much contrast to that? No, I wouldn't say that I actually have experienced much contrast on that front. I think that was one of the ideas that was the most ingrained into the way that me and my siblings grew up. Um, Creating our own worlds was really always at the core of um, the way that we were raised and the way that we grew up. And so I think that from that, that's always been a really core idea that's made its way into um, my way of thinking in every area of my life. It's made its way into every story that I've written and Um, presents itself in the ones that I'm most drawn to and I think it really does come down to those powerful choices and that those turning points that um, allow us to really create and become active creators in our own life rather than just passively um, observing and I think that that sort of transition's always been really interested to me interesting to me because it was something we were so programmed with when we were younger and something that has made its way into being such a foundation of the way that I think now. It's so true. And like I said before, I think because it was so programmed into me that I was supposed to go to somebody else for the answer. And I did the same thing. I remember looking for answers outside of myself in so many areas of my life. And just like you, not 
feeling like the answer or the reflection that was given to me was coming, was resonating, right? It wasn't coming from a place of real power and discovery. And it felt like I was supposed to follow this roadmap. And when I really looked at the roadmap that most people were following, it didn't seem to ever end in the way that most people said it was going to end, the happily ever after, or the way that that it, the results of this pathway or this formula that, that everybody was telling me would work, I really couldn't see a lot of evidence of that working. And I realized that with my own parents and the people in my life, that they paved a road in a way that I honor and their story played such a part in my world and it was only part of the journey. It was only part of the road and that I was the one that was going to take that farther. And so in turn, I was able to really mirror that to my kids that that I have my own journey and I have my own story and my own creation, but that it's not yours and you have your own story and your own creation and that you get to really decide for you what that journey looks like for you and that I can only reflect and project onto you my experience, but that doesn't make it right or wrong. And and that is something that we do have in our culture. I remember with my second daughter, especially, there was a, a story that there was this moment in this experience where she was going to go with her friends. And at the time we were pretty, she was fairly young. And so she would go to watch a movie at her friend's house and she'd come home and she'd say that, that a movie was on that made her feel uncomfortable. And she told her friends that her mom doesn't let her watch R-rated movies. And so she related this story to me. And I remember specifically telling her that that's not going to work. And that it's not that I care if she wants to utilize me as the the authoritative figure or the 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 reason why she doesn't want to watch these movies, but that she gives her power away if she makes it about me, if she makes it about something outside of herself, and that ultimately she has to decide for herself if she is going to if she's comfortable or if that's what she wants to watch or that's the experience that she wants to have. And I've always empowered my children to make powerful choices for themselves. And I think that's a really big part of looking at our stories and what we project onto either our kids or our uh, all of our relationships, whatever it is that we're creating, that really empowering others around us to do the same is such a gift once you can give it to yourself. And so... How did it feel to have that kind of accountability? Did it feel, like you said, just normal? Or uh, as you look around, sometimes would it have been easier if those were not choices that you had to make? How, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think it was such a normal part of us growing up that I couldn't really imagine what it would be like to not have that. I don't think I've ever looked outside myself and thought that it would be easier if we didn't have that because I think you were always really upfront and transparent about the reasons why for everything and so like because of that I never felt in the dark or like there was something I was just told to do just because you said so or because another authoritative figure in our in our world said so there was always a reasoning why behind that and so um being programmed to question those kinds of things made it easier to form my own opinions and thoughts and stories surrounding things and so that process 
feels more normal and intuitive than anything else would to me. And I, I don't see, and I haven't ever seen before, like, this reasoning why I would want to not think like that. I love that. And I don't think it's like that for everyone. As I as I coach and as I mentor and as I really go along that journey, I think there's so many of us that it's important to realize that sometimes it feels safer to look outside of ourselves so that we have something to blame or that we have something to fall back on that doesn't feel like we have the that accountability to witness our own story and to really witness our part and our the fact that we have created that story and that's not always an easy place to be into but really starting to get comfortable with the choices and the the way that we tell our story the way that we see our story the perspective that we that we're in and the journey that we have uh in our own stories and the alignment that comes into play when we feel something and we're honest about it and we give ourselves permission to really line up what our story is, what story is going on and what is going on inside of us. How did, what, what is your observation on the alignment of the way that we feel and how honest we have to be with ourselves, even in our own family, in our own culture, and what we say outside of ourselves. So many people live in a storyline that is not tapped into the inscape, that that doesn't really talk about how people are feeling, that doesn't really talk about what's going on for people. And it's really easy to say something with words and not necessarily be accountable or really have to witness what is actually going on in the inscape. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, in our house, that's exactly how that works. Um, there is a level of accountability to everything that we do and every conversation that we have that I think would probably be abnormal in a lot of people's households. But um, for us, it really does come down to um, the gift we give ourselves of being in alignment with the InScape. And that's a process that, um, thanks to you and your discovery of all of that and commitment to it, that we're all able to engage with on an everyday basis and makes things far more clear and easier to focus on um, the real meaning behind things. Like I've heard you actually out loud say, it would be easier to tell this story, but that's not true. Yeah. Right? Like how, how often does that come up for you? It's like, I know I can tell a different story here, Yeah. but what do you find to be the most authentic and the most truth for you? And and how does that relate to even the way that you tell stories and, and in your own life? How does that, you know, relate to both your storytelling and your writing and in your own life? I think this was a concept that I kind of latched onto when I was studying um, point of view and perspective in writing um, in my education. And that was kind of a big, um, it is a big topic uh, in actually formally studying writing is they talk a lot about point of view and perspective and the way that that can change everything in a story and good writers, good authors, um, you know, screenwriters, whatever, always are able to have a really strong idea of perspective and point of view and that can look a lot of different ways but in learning about it that was something that always struck me as interesting was this idea of perspective surrounding stories and the power that perspective has over stories. And in that, the more I understood it, the more I was able to 
manipulate it in my own stories and sort of figure out the way that I wanted to tell each of these stories because as I'm crafting them you can you kind of build this whole world and there's so many different directions and ways you can go um, and characters you can utilize to tell this story but in choosing that in fiction writing especially um, gives you sort of the most control and impact over your story and um, perspective is really having an understanding of point of view is really important for that and I think that's exactly the same way as in real life is there's always situations where I can see if I was you know even a slightly different person maybe this would have looked this way or if I would have made a even you know a, the slightest of different choices things would have turned out differently or I could have cho even told you know the exact same story a completely different way and it would change everything um, being aware of the little tweaks that I had to be aware of to write fiction made it so that in real life I was more abruptly aware of their presence and how often that came up um, for me and that was always that's something that does always stick with me is there are so many different ways to tell the same story and that kind of comes down to who you are and what interests you and all of that kind of came and what questions you want to ask um, makes a difference in how the outcome goes. And specifically, ignoring the inscape or authentically feeling and exploring what that feels like is also a choice, right? Yeah. So being able to tell a story that feels more comfortable may not be the most vulnerable or authentic truth you could tell based off of what you're actually feeling in your inscape, yeah. right? And that's another thing because when you're writing fiction, I often know sort of that my perspective of how a situation's going down versus my character's perspective of how a situation's playing out are um, sometimes even starkly different because you give them different backstories, different beliefs than um, my own sometimes. Sometimes they're just extensions of it, but even those little changes make it so their entire perspective is different. And sometimes I can see that playing out in my actual life day to day is uh, the way that I see something versus the way that someone else sees something um, it's easy for me to see sort of the differentiation in that and obviously I'm biased towards my own story as truth as we all are but um, figuring out what the truth actually is aside from that point of view and perspective has always been something interesting to me too. That's a key that I don't want to skip over. And you beautifully articulated it based off of the characters in your book. And it plays out in everyday life. And this is the greatest way to really look at holding space for others, for other people's stories. And we all have relationships in our lives. And every relationship matters. And every relationship is valuable. And we get to explore so much more connection when we hold space and realize that every story is unique. And yet at the same time, almost every story is similarly threaded together by really common themes as well. You know, the, the theme of we all want to know who we are. We're all exploring very similar questions in our lives and we all want to feel different, you know, certain ways. And there's things that connect us that are so similar, but at the same time, we we all have a very unique story. And so being able to hold space and making it so that every person 
is allowed to have their story and their journey, and it doesn't have to be the same as ours, is is a very valuable point to living a life of connection and non-judgment and exploring vulnerability and really exploring everyone's stories because there's always something to learn and gain from every perspective and every story. So does it feel like in storytelling or and in your own life, it how limiting would it be if it was only your perspective? And would that even work in a book or in a story, in an no, overall yeah, it would not, world? It would not work in story. That's something that you do learn in writing or that I learned is that if all of your characters all have the same ideas and same point of views then you're not really exploring a question or your theme from all angles and so yeah that wouldn't even work when you're writing something or at least the way that I like to write things um the different perspectives and um point of views and ways of coming at our all of our very universal problems and questions and threads um really enrich and texturize the overall story in a way that um, is pretty invaluable, I think. Well, and it's fun because when you really look at the world that we live in, which is, again, all a projection of our inscape anyways, it is so fun. The experience is so incredible when you realize that that's what makes this journey what it is. And that's what makes this, this experience that we're all in so fun that it takes all angles and all perspectives and all stories to to really explore the layers of of what this experience is and how flat it would all be if we didn't have that and how every character in everything that we see every single character plays its part and sometimes we think that we want to get rid of contrast or we want to only tell a story a certain way but that would be awfully boring wouldn't it yes that would be boring <laughs> so this podcast is a very incredible way to explore our stories and to start to question your own stories and really be aware of two things. One, to observe our stories and to observe the relationship that we have to everything and to look for the underlying thread that that goes underneath everything in our life and where we're telling a story around every relationship that we have. And two, how can we live the most authentic, exciting, and experienced life? How can we experience life when we are telling stories like robots in ways that are really not tapped into the inscape and really when we go into the inscape and we allow ourselves to be the god of our universe to allow us to be the creator of our world and realize that there is an infinite amount of space inside of us to tell any story that we want and that we are in control of what that looks like and we get to explore any road or any pathway but really allowing ourselves to trust the inscape and to trust ourselves for the answers and to really sink into this feeling inside of ourselves where we find those sparks and we find that candle inside of us that that flame that really allows us to be guided by 
uh, lighting other candles and other flames inside of us until we start to have that burning passion inside of us that allows us to live a very fulfilled life. And that is where we start to experience joy and bliss in our lives when we can feel fulfilled inside of ourselves and then the words outside of us and the stories outside of us get to match that. That is how we live a passionate life. I want to thank Tayan for being a guest with me on this podcast. There are so many wonderful insights and so many perspectives that I know that I'm going to pull her in and explore in the future. But thank you for sharing some of your journey and your insights on what it means to be the author of your own story and to be the author of uh, what is to come in so many amazing books and, and ideas that you get to share with other people. So thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me and letting me share all those.